Peace, peace. We are back once again with Masterminds with Brother Shem L. And I'm your host, Brother Shem L, back with another episode. I'm happy to be back. I'm excited to be back. Um, Before we begin, as always, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for your support, your continued support um, to all the new listeners, the people who have been listening uh, throughout my day ones. All of you, I thank you for your support. I appreciate the love. I, and with that, I want to actually give some new announcements. Actually, one big new announcement that I'm really excited about. Uh, I've been grinding hard, putting, um, stirring up some things in the pot. And one of the things that I am happy to announce is that I am... Um, proceeding forward with a uh, actually a system I want to call it a six month system that is set um, to expand and expound upon the information that is put out here on Masterminds with Brother Shamil and for those of you who are interested um, I'm, I'm looking for people who are willing to participate and really dive deep into these studies. Uh, it's a system I created called MetaMind Mastery Mentorship. MetaMind Mastery. Um, so it is a mentorship. It's not just an online course. I know for those who have heard me speak about in the past of me um, looking into creating a course um, this is more than a course. Um, this is a mentorship, meaning that I will be hands-on. I'm not just going to give you a bunch of lessons and you just read them and watch a video and then that's it. Um, I'm actually, you know, being hands-on in helping people. And it's systemized in five stages or steps. Um and of course, this is in line with the overall goal of us um, developing ourselves as masterminds, elevating ourselves spiritually, the path of enlightenment, being one with our, with the divine, the omnipotent. But from a more practical standpoint, um, which a lot of people who are not as metaphysical will be able to benefit from and appreciate is that it will be designed uh, with the specific intent to help people um, deal with and cope with traumatic stress. Um, This actually falls in line with the book that I'm going to um, put out um, shortly pertaining to that. And um, while it it won't be necessary to have that book um, for this particular mentorship, it would be advised and recommended. But I say all that to say, uh, again, it is for half a year, six months. Um, and if people want to repeat and continue on with it, that's more than fine. Uh, I'm actually starting at a beta stage. Um, I'm gathering a beta group of up to 10 people. And so far, um, spots are filling up right now um, like really really fast and I just put a word out 
and I'm already getting people to holler at me on this. So if you're interested in being part of the beta group, um, definitely go to my website, shemel.com. That's S-H-E-M dot dash. I'm sorry. S-H-E-M hyphen E-L dot com. S-H-E-M hyphen E-L dot com. Um, go there. You can um, go to the contact page. Send me a quick message. You can reference this show and just say you're interested in becoming part of the MetaMind Mastery Mentorship. And um, definitely we can talk, you know, as to what it will, you know, what it would take. See if you qualify. There is a cost. um, And we will discuss that um, for the beta group, of course. You know, it won't be... um, as much um but once the beta group is done um that cost will of course be raised up so i want to give you that heads up um first and foremost you know this will not be a a free mentorship but for those who are interested it definitely will be um worth every penny and again i'm going to be hands-on with this it's not just something where you just read a bunch of stuff or watch a bunch of stuff and then, you know, you out on your own. I'll be hands-on working with a select group of people because I, I'm invested in helping people. You know, I, I teach already, so this will be another aspect of me teaching in real time and helping people uh, achieve their goals because a lot of people have come to me, you know, they love this content and they say it's a lot of content. And I realize that, you know, knowledge is great, but organized knowledge is much better. It's better to be able to organize this information and process it, set it up, structure it in such a way where you get the maximum benefits. And what this is um, the result of decades of me working, um, doing this work, and I will say at this point about 30 years, at least 30 years of me working, putting in the work here at this point in time, when I think back of what I've been doing. So with that said, um, hit me up if you're interested. So I'm really excited about the MetaMind Mastery Mentorship, and I hope to see you as a part of it. So with that, we will go on to the topic, and this is in reference to belief, faith, and fruition. So to get started uh, with this topic on this episode, I will start from, as always, a circle seven, chapter seven of the circle seven, and I will begin with verse 13. Man is the breath made flesh. So truth and falsehood are conjoined in him and they strive and naught goes down and man as truth abides. Again, Lamas asks, what do you say of power? And Jesus said, it is a manifest, is the result of force. It is but naught. It is illusion, nothing more. Force changes not. 
but power changes as the ethers change. Force is the will of Allah and is omnipotent. And power is that will in manifest, directed by the breath. There is power in the winds, a power in the waves, a power in the lightning stroke, a power in the human arm, a power in the eye. The ethers cause these powers to be. In thought of Elohim, of angel, man, or other thinking things, directs the force. When it has done its work, the power is no more. Again, Lamas asks, of understanding, what have you to say? And Jesus said, it is the rock on which man builds himself. It is the gnosis of the ought and of the naught, of falsehood and of truth. It is the knowledge of the lower self, the sensing of the powers of man himself. Again, Lamas asks, of wisdom, what have you to say? And Jesus said, it is the consciousness that man is ought, that Allah and man are one, that naught is naught, that power is but illusion, that heaven and earth and hell are not above, around, below, but in, which in the light of ought becomes the naught. And Allah is all. Lamas asks, pray, what is faith? And Jesus said, faith is the surety of the omnipotence of Allah and man, the certainty that man will reach the deific life. Salvation is a ladder reaching from the heart of men to heart of Allah. It has three steps. Belief is first, and this is what man thinks, perhaps, is true. And faith is next, and this is what man knows is the truth. Fruition is the last, and this is man himself, the truth. Belief is lost in faith, and fruition and intuition Faith is lost. Man is saved when he has reached deific life. And he and Allah are one. So I wanted to make it a point to speak on that. In actuality, um, what we call belief, faith, and fruition. And this is very important. Um, so that said, I want to, uh, just go into some things. Now, this is a very powerful, uh, very powerful, um, statement. This is a very powerful passage because it speaks on our potential and it speaks as to where the source of it all lies. It all lies within you. Okay. Now, 
just to um, put this in context to what I mentioned earlier about um, the MetaMind Mastery Mentorship, there's actually, I'll say this, um, I can speak to this. It is a five-step mentorship. It's a five-step system. And within the system, there is a stage where there is the um, there is the determination of the techniques that will be used to um, assist you to reach your desired goal, and then there is the execution of those steps. Now, there are many different steps that can be used, and it can be used in combination. But one of them, um, the techniques that we use is visualization okay so I want to kind of dive into that in context of this passage and the reason why I want to put that in the 17th verse of this chapter it says that there is a power in the eye The ethers cause these powers to be in verse 18 and thought of Elohim of angel man and other thinking things directs the force when it has done its work. The power is no more. Okay, so power is a manifest. It is the result of force. Force changes not, but power changes as the ethers change. So. We know that um, it says earlier in the um, that chapter, specifically in verse eight, it says all things that can be seen by human eyes are manifest of art are not. And so must pass away. The things we see are but reflexes just appearing while the ethers vibrate so and so. And when conditions change, they disappear. So the key word that sticks out to me is conditions, right? So many times we, we by default blame our conditions for our situation. But the, but the reality of is that the people who are successful in life don't wait for conditions. They make, they look, they make conditions. In other words, if they don't see the condition that they want, they will create the condition for them. And it starts off with the thought. And in that thought, there has to be a visualization, which really entails um, imagination to get it manifested. So, I want to refer to, um, I'm going to read a section from Bible Mysteries Revealed. Um, those who have been checking me out know that from time to time I go to this book. This is a book that a lot of, um, quite a few, I should say, quite a few um, masses know about this book and it's out of print. But just to reference it, I'm going to read the section pertaining to, it's under a section of the book entitled, Mind idea manifestation. Mind idea manifestation. 
and it goes as follows. Mind, idea, manifestation. This is the order of creation. Our mind is our instrument with which we think. The brain is the organ of the mind. Thinking is the activity of the mind and is creative. Every thought creates some kind of idea or thing. Good thoughts create good ideas. And evil thoughts create evil and destructive ideas. These ideas are clothed with spirit, substance, and become visible to the human eye. Hate thoughts create ideas with sharp, cutting, stinging points, which crystallize in the blood, are deposited in the joints and muscles, and are then called rheumatism, disease, etc. Many diseases have been cured by changing the hate, revenge, and greed thoughts to thoughts of love and peace. Love thoughts create ideas that are smooth, harmonious, beautiful, and healing. We harm only ourselves when we hate others. If we could only learn this lesson, what a paradise this world would become. When we think good about ourselves and our fellow man, we create good ideas. These good ideas clothe themselves with good bodies and we have perfect health. And this reminds me, brings me back to the part of the Circle 7 where it says, um, and what health is to the body, even that is honesty to the soul. So we have to get back into those positive vibrations in order to create those positive results, um, not only for ourselves, but for those around us. So this ties back to the previous episode I did where it says thought is the cause of it all, right? But, and it gets into the creativity. Now, what is the mechanism by which thought is used or the process by which thought is used it's imagination and visualization okay when you speak of imagination you're from a phonetic standpoint it is image nation the nation of image right so nation is would be considered actually in law, a corpus, a body. Some would say a body politic, right? It's a corpus. So what is a image nation? It is that corpus, a body of images that um, are collected within one's person to use as they will, right? So when you look at the book of Genesis, again, we're saying mind, idea, manifestation. This is the order of creation. If you go, a lot of times, you know, there was in the creation, even in Genesis chapter 1, he was say, for example, in verse 3, it says in God, which is Elohim, we know that, as I wrote in my book, Who is Elohim? And let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light, 
that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness, right? So he or they, they create light. The Elohim creates light and then sees it, right? Now, interestingly enough, when you go into the 26th verse of Genesis, before the creation, when it deals with the creation of man, there's a conversation before it takes place. It says, and God said, let us, there's a conversation. It's like a, let's talk about this. Let's see what we can come up with. Let's see if this is good. And it says, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and, and over the fowl of the air over and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Right. And notice at that point, he didn't say it was good. He just blessed it. Right. Man is truth and falsehood. Strangely mixed. Man is breath made flesh. So truth and falsehood are conjoined in him. And they strive and naught goes down. And man as truth abides. See, this was already known in the beginning. That we have the darkness and the light within us. But the point I'm making here is that when it came to creation of man... It was important that it was done in the image. There was an imagination process when it came to man. Thus, man is the one, one creation in the universe, particularly on this planet, that utilizes imagination. We are very imaginative as a species. You don't have that with other animals. Animals pretty much... Um, are, you know, they do what they do in, in harmony with nature, right? They, pretty, they don't think too much outside of whatever it is that they need to do. They deal with survival and being in harmony with nature. Man, we're the only ones who will imagine something that is either very great or very bad and go out and do it, Right? Now, here is the thing of it. If we're looking to make positive results through our imagination, there must be the belief stage first. You hear the term limiting beliefs, limiting beliefs. You hear that nowadays. Well, you know, we got to let go of the limiting beliefs and deal with those limiting, limiting beliefs so you can manifest what you need to manifest, right? There's... That statement has a twofold meaning to it. One, as we read in the Circle Seven, limiting beliefs are limiting by the very fact that 
it is a belief. Belief is what man thinks perhaps is truth. It's not what you know. It's what you think. So that makes it limiting. But also, it is limiting by virtue of the fact that we cannot access, uh, um, manifest the possibilities Well, I should say our possibilities are limited by our beliefs. That when I say the, the possibilities, we all have potentials to do great things, but the possibilities which become the probabilities are in direct relationship with the amount of possibility is in direct relationship with the amount of belief. The, the limitation on the possibilities as I described, are in direct relationship to the limitation on your belief in yourself, the belief in you. That goes back to that statement um, I mentioned in the last episode about the scene in The Matrix where the Oracle said, you got the gift, but it seems like you're looking for something. Right? So, the belief in yourself, it all is within you. But we've been tricked to look outside of ourselves for something. There is an uh, interesting documentary that I would encourage everyone to check out when they got the time. Or if you can't check it out, at, at least um, go on YouTube, check the trailer out and see um, some of the conversations about it. Uh, I believe it was on Netflix. It was called Kumari. K-U-M-A-R-E and it was about a guy from uh, of Indian descent he was actually born and raised in New Jersey but he was he's of Indian East Indian ancestry grew up in a, uh, a Hindu Hindi Hindu um, household and he became kind of disenchanted you know, he kind of came frustrated with religion and the whole idea of gurus. So he literally decided to create a documentary where he would make himself to be a guru. He became a fake guru. And in the subtitle of this um, movie, Kamari, it says the true story about a false prophet. And he literally made up a name. He made up a whole background story. He created a symbol. He created uh, a whole teaching, a doctrine. He, he actually got real followers. True followers in this movie. What? But something was very interesting that took place. And he even changed him. He realized that even... In him being a fake and him knowing this was fake, like he was like, like, this is not real. I'm I'm gonna prove that this is all like all this guru stuff was nonsense. People's lives were changing. So he came to the realization that it's not it's not me, it's them. It's that it's similar to that story in, in the New Testament in the Bible where um Jesus talking to a Canaanite woman, you know. And I think about her son healing her son, and he was dismissive. Uh, we can get more into that scripture later, but just to give a summary of it, um, 
he's basically said it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. He called the Canaanite woman a dog. Right? He said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she was so persistent. He said, woman, you have great faith. Go out and you are healed. He didn't say that he healed her. He said, your faith healed her. Right? So we're looking for things outside of us, but the key to manifesting everything is within. Even in the book of Luke, it says that the kingdom of of heaven is within man. We just talked about heaven, hell, and earth are within. Not above, around, or below. Which in the light of aught becomes naught, and Allah is all. So, it's very important that we we know the potential of what we have and we're going to get more into the aspects of dispelling the limiting beliefs and being able to expound our consciousness to make things manifest through our visualization and our imagination in the next half it's important to comprehend how the mind works, um, particularly when we're speaking about visualization. So to give you an example, there was research conducted at Stanford University. Um, and this is, has verified what has been known um, by many masterminds for centuries that picturing mentally performing an action picturing yourself in your mind performing an action causes the nervous system to react as if you were actually doing it being imagined doing the action being imagined right visualizing the picture in your mind causes the nervous system to react as if you were actually doing that thing right a simple way of putting it is and it produces the actual result of said thing how do you know this to be true um there are people who have who will dream in a dream state they may be fighting or running and it may be a real traumatic thing. They'll wake up in a cold sweat, right? They didn't really have physically do those things, but they have a physical result from that thing. Also, uh, if the dream is sexual, right, then there's some secretion of bodily fluid, and they call that the wet dream, right? In either case, what takes place in the mind is just as real as the actual physical thing. Thought is the cause of it all. So there are athletes, professional athletes, who know the positive potential of these visualizations. In fact, it has been estimated that 90% of athletes practice some form of visualization. An example of visualization is shadow boxing. 
right? If you ever seen the images of the boxers, particularly Muhammad Ali, you always see, you know, doing the shadow boxing, um, throwing them punches real fast. He's imagining, he was imagining actually fighting his opponent, right? So that's on the positive side. On the negative side, there is involuntary visualization, which is why it's very important to be mindful of what you input in visually, specifically visual content, uh, whether it's videos, TV, you know, a lot of stuff on social media. You have to be very conscious. And there are people who know this, and that's why they always post traumatic images to have your mind wired towards trauma purposely. And that's some of the things we're going to talk about um, in the MetaMind Mastery Mentorship um, about that. So an example is reliving a catastrophe, a traumatic assault over and over again. And, you know, when people want to trigger something in you, saying, can you tell us about that time when this happened to you? Can you take us back through that time? You're going to have to go and experience it as you're saying it. Even though you're not physically going through it, your nervous system is going through the same reaction. And therefore, you see, they'll tell a story, they break down and crying and they get distraught. And the person asking the question is enjoying it. They get to watch it like it's a movie, right? So it only serves to perpetuate feelings of powerlessness, powerlessness, of lack of power, of subjugation, of oppression, okay? Of self-hatred, right? Of uh, low self-esteem, etc. So it can be done with simple words or gestures. You know, when you put up your middle finger and all that stuff, you change a person's mood. But I mentioned this before, but you can raise up another finger, the pointer finger, and it's a peace sign. Right? Just that, just that quickly. Just a simple switch of the fingers can change the mood from that of hatred to love or vice versa, right? So visualization works because, believe it or not, our eyes are not perfect cameras, right? Meaning that they don't really see anything. <laughs> You've never really seen anything. What you're seeing is light bounce off an object and reflect and reflect going through your lens through the retina to the optic nerve and your brain is interpreting the image in fact the image which may be a whole image is actually broken down into what's known as bytes because your brain is processing bytes of information is actually uh, it has been reported that it actually kind of pixelized the image and then reformulates the image to give it the resolution that it needs in your mind. But you call it seeing. And you know you've never seen anything but but light reflected because if the light is shut off, you don't see anything. The object is still there, but you don't see it, right? 
That's why we went back to chapter seven. It says all things that can be seen by human eyes are manifest of art or not. And so must pass away. The things we see are but reflexes just appearing while the ethers vibrate so and so. And when conditions change, they disappear. If there's no light, they disap- the object disappears. You can't see without light bouncing off of the object, shining on that object and, and reflecting. So, so for example, if you say you're looking at a tree, you're not seeing the tree perfectly reflected off of some mirror in your brain. You're seeing your mind's eye interpreting that reassembled image. There are people who are colorblind who don't see the same color as you. There's people who don't see in color. There's animals that don't see in color. There are people who don't dream in color. Okay? So, when we're looking at this, um, it's kind of likened to, like in Star Trek, where they transport you, is like the, the person all of a sudden becomes particles and disassemble, and then when they beam over to somebody, you beam me, beam me up, Scotty. And then they come back to another place. The the particles reassimilate into the perfect whole whole body. It's kind of like that with your mind, okay? And then there's another aspect. We all have filters, mental filters. These filters actually um, serve to distort the purity of everything we perceive through our five senses. Now, it could be a a chemical imbalance in the brain. It could be um, a physical, like I said, color blindness, poor sight, glaucoma, you know, poor hearing. Um, It could be intoxication, drugs that can, that's why you got to think about hallucinations, you know, slowed responses. Emotions, emotions can taint your perception. I, I've known of many cases where people are so emotionally charged that they hear something totally different than what was actually said. And they'll get in an argument. You said, bah, 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 bah. and it, everybody else would be like, no that's, no, that's not what he said. I don't know what he said. I know what she said. He said this. It's not that the set, the words didn't come in. Is that they process everything through the filter of their emotional body, and that caused they hold created a whole new message in the mind. They heard the words, but the message they received is from the mind. Their the ears was just the conduit by which the sound came through. The ear really didn't do the hearing. It was the mind that did the hearing or the processing of the thought or coming to the conclusion of what was heard. Basically, That's why you'll hear people say, you're hearing me, but you're not listening. To hear like the ears, the sound is going to come into the ears, thus you hear, but you're not listening. You're not paying attention to the words with a level of pure, with a strong comprehension. And then, uh, of course, Last but not least, there are socially imposed constraints, right? Such as racial prejudices, 
prejudices and religious prejudices. So these filters affect how accurately the object is reassembled in our mind and processed and how we perceive things. So getting into the religious prejudices as it as it pertains to visualization it is important to note that um, one of the interesting things that we see with visualization is that there's a uh, a notion that's pushed by some that you should only use your physical ability to achieve material success to achieve to obtain material things and that the spiritual abilities spirituality should be only used for obtaining things of the spirit in other words don't use the higher to deal with the lower when um, those of us who study the Kabbalion knows that you serve the higher laws, laws of the higher plane, the higher realms, to master over the lower, to rise above that of the lower, right? Thus, how it says in chapter one, speaking about man being the plane of the Lord of all, plane of the Lord of the plane of manifest. Man is the Lord of the plane of manifest. But he gave up his birthright just to gratify his lower self. Right? So, a lot of this is taken from um, a very uh, exoteric interpretation of spiritual, spiritual writings. And I'm going to use this as an example. This can apply to pretty much any religion, but I'm going to use uh, Christianity in this example and go into the New Testament just to give you an example uh, where there's a very exoteric interpretation. As I mentioned before in the last episode, uh, I received a comment from a person who totally rejected a metaphysical interpretation of what I was uh, speaking on. I mean, they were totally dealing with the exoteric, but it's strange because it was a matter of it was a spiritual subject. It wasn't even something as simple as uh, history, you know, tribes or anything. It was dealing with a spiritual subject, and I won't go too deep into that you can listen to my um prior episode where i speak on the specifics of what this person was talking about but it's very interesting that people go that route and they reject the metaphysical teachings but with that said when we deal with visualization there is a thing there's a, a blockage that people have um, that can be you can relate to in the scripture even though it's used a lot of times for the subject of prayer it can be applied to creative visualization 
So if you were to go to Matthew chapter 6 verses 7 verse 8 it says and when you are praying do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words they do not like they therefore do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you asked him and later on um, towards the end of that chapter right it speaks on not being anxious right um And that's very interesting in that context, you know, when you speak about, talk about how to do, and we're applying it in the context of um, visualization, right? Um, To basically know what it is that you need and have trust, to trust, put it out there into the universe and don't worry about it right because in third verse 31 it says therefore take no thought saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or where or wherewithal shall we be clothed for after all these things do the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knoweth that ye need all of these things but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Okay? So, that's dealing with the kingdom which which is within you as mentioned in the book of Luke. Go first within in the spiritual and everything will manifest itself afterwards. You catch what I'm saying? The imagination, the visualization has to take place within. You have to visualize the divine in you. And from visualizing that divine and trusting in the divinity within you, because you are not body or soul, you are spirit and a part of the omnipotent. So the omnipotent is within you, right? So throughout the... um, the synoptic gospels you know for example in chapter 8 verse 2 of Matthew it speaks about the leper where it says Lord if you're willing you can make me clean in verse 6 of the same chapter the centurion saying sir my servant is lying paralyzed at home or in chapter 9 verse uh, 18 with uh, the statement about the daughter. My daughter has just died and come and lay come and lay your hand on her and she will live. Dealing with that faith aspect, right? So these are very interesting things that are are dealt with, right? Um now were these stories told to turn people away? from seeking a high remedy for their earthly sorrows, right? So they came to a spiritual master 
to heal them and their loved ones of physical things. Did he just say, oh, no, no, my power is for, you know, for spiritual things. I don't deal with your health. (laughs) I'm not going to deal with that. No. So even if we look at the other books, the other gospels, you find people being prompted to state specifically what they want, even though the need is evident. So I'll put this in context. So when you visualize, you have to be very vivid in your visualization. You have to have vivid goals, not vague goals, but vivid goals. See yourself, imagine, have the image. That's why they talk about the visualization boards. See yourself in the end, act in the end, right? To operate in that, which I spoke about in the previous, I alluded to towards the end of the last episode about that, the visualization. So, for example, there's a passage about the blind man in Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52, where it says, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him, said, master, I want to see again. The blind man told him, right? So, and then there was a sick man in chapter, in book of John chapter five, verse six. It says, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time in that condition, he said to him, do you wish to get well? Now, this is supposed to be Jesus, right? He's supposed to be the son of God or God in flesh and all this stuff. And he's asking these people these questions. Don't he already know? So he already saw that the sick man by the pool had been there for a long time in that condition, sick. But he asked him, do you, do you wish to get well? Now, if we were to say that, as human beings on this planet, like you see somebody coughing and like, and we would ask that they would look at us like we're stupid. Like, yeah, of course I want to get well. Why do you ask such a stupid question? It speaks to what it is. What is it that you truly want? Because you are the result of your thoughts. Belief, faith, fruition belief is vague that's why I said you have to be vivid in your visualization because belief is very vague everyone has beliefs we can believe a lot of things but it's not fact not necessarily confirmed fact it may even be true but it's not a confirmed fact not not by the believer not to the believer something they believe in and they can believe strongly in it but it's not confirmed so that's vague it's not only until you get into specifically be specific in what you want and what you know that you need to have and what you, where you need to be who you need to be that you get into faith that's where you know you have to ask that question what is it you want Where do you see yourself? Any success coach will ask you, where do you see yourself a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now? 
Where do you see? How do you visualize? What is the vision? What do you imagine? Where is your imagination taking you? And you can go as boundless as you want it to be. See, when you imagine, see, children, when they have imagination, they don't have limitations. They'll have put a cape on and they are flying. They are Superman, they're whatever. They are in their mind, they are that. They're whoever they imagine to be. They're not saying, nah, that don't make sense. I can't, ain't no man can fly. You can't get on a cape and jump over it. In the mind, it is. Right? The interesting thing about the mind is that at some point in time, if you develop your mind strong enough, you will eventually manifest whatever you imagine. It may not be in the exact way that you imagined it, but the end result will be what it is. But it is what you want. Do you wish to get well? You're standing sick. You're you're standing not complete on the side of the road for a long time. You haven't reached your level of omnipotence. The surety of the omnipotence of of Allah and man. Right? Faith is the surety of the omnipotence of the divine and man. The certainty. The certainty. Not the uncertainty. Not the possibility. Not the maybe. Not the it's probable. But the certainty that man will reach deific life. It is certain it's not questionable. There are no questions to it. That's done. You got to step into imagination in order to get there. You have to imagine that it's real, that it's possible, that it's there. You are there. You have to feel it. Not just see it, but feel it. You have to know it is what it is. No doubt, no question. And if you operate with no doubt and no question, is nothing anyone can stop you with nothing nothing but the divine omnipotence source itself can stop you no man can stop you no no oppressive system can stop you no prejudice can stop you because you tapped into something that's greater than all of that and you have to own up to it and acknowledge it and become that to make it real that's how you that's what you do to break through trauma right and there's a methodology to get there but that is what you do that is the key it is the key so knowing this the in the New Testament you see this over and over that's why I talked to you about the Canaanite woman who has such much so much faith right in um, Mark chapter 11 verse 22 to 24 it says have faith in God truly I say to you whoever says to this mountain be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that what he says is going to happen it shall be granted him therefore I say to you all things 
for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them and they shall be granted you. That means you have to operate in the end. It already happened. It already is. You hear some Christians say, claim it, right? Claim it. It's already done. Believe that you have received them, not believe that you will receive them. So if somebody said, your blessing is coming, your blessing is coming. Guess what? It will always be coming. It will never have, it will never come. Because it's coming. It's still in the process. It's on its way. It's on its way. But if you operate and affirm within yourself that you already got it and you don't doubt, you already got it. You already there. You just waiting for you waiting on the universe to catch up with you. You already there. You already in the end. You already at the glory. It's going to be granted to you. That's being Lord of the plane of manifest. You command it. When you're the Lord, you are the ruler. You give the commandment and everything follows. The plane of manifest will have to be subject to you because you are the Lord. You are the sovereign in that sense. Not sovereignty as in paperwork. Sovereignty as in sovereignty from a divine mind, a God mind, and a, and a um, spiritual, a supreme spiritual standpoint. Meaning you have developed yourself so spiritually that everything is subservient to you provided you are in harmony with life you have to do operate with the principles of love truth peace freedom and justice you have to operate with those principles in order for it to to manifest the way it's supposed to otherwise it may manifest but it will it will be it won't be what you want <laughs> you catch what I'm saying so we got to be mindful of that so as I mentioned like in Luke chapter 17 verse 21 the kingdom of God is within you the kingdom of heaven is within you so you gotta you gotta look for that within and be in tune with that so from there that's where fruition comes everything will bear fruit because at that point you will be the truth you will be one with the divine belief is lost in faith and in fruition faith is lost and man is saved when he has reached deific light and that's when you and the divine source rootless root and causes cause from which all things are grown are one one and all so with that until next time I say peace and love